Hey there, welcome to The Career Prescription. I'm your host, Marjorie Stiegler. This podcast is all about the important stuff they don't teach you in medical school, about how to treat your career like the business it really is, and how to be strategic about your success. I'll show you how to use modern strategies to get ahead, create your own path, and do more of what you love. Every episode is inspired by questions from listeners just like you, so be sure to subscribe and, of course, send me those questions so I can use them on a future episode. So you don't miss anything, be sure to always check the show notes on my website. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Okay, guys, today we're going to talk about one of the most common questions that I get asked, uh, which is how to get your foot in the door for a career transition, a career pivot, um, some kind of new career. Very often it is a non-clinical career or at least um, a non-patient care uh, related shift for physicians, but sometimes it's just something completely outside of medicine and it is absolutely doable. But I get asked this question all the time. So today I'm going to give a four part framework on how to get your foot in the door uh, because everyone knows that it's not so much what you know, it is who you know, and it's important to grow that network in that sort of new industry or new career field in order to be able to get there in the first place and to get your foot in the door to not feel like your uh, resume or CV is just going into some vortex and, and you're never receiving any communication about it. And so this leads people to ask the very reasonable question, which is, if you don't know anyone in the industry, how are you supposed to get to know anyone in the industry? It's a really good question, an important question. And again, I'm going to go into a four-part framework today. This is a little bit of a part two from a prior episode about side gigs. And specifically because of the timing, and we're in the middle of the coronavirus uh, crisis right now, that episode was a little bit about whether or not to continue pursuing a side gig during times of stress like this. But there are lessons I think that are applicable really uh, no matter the circumstances. So months and, and perhaps even years from now, those will still apply. But this really is about wanting to really change up your main gig. So um, let's get into it. So first and foremost, you must network. And that's going to sound like an obvious one. But the question, of course, is how, how to effectively network, obviously, uh, in, in a new career where you don't know anybody. So what you need to do is basically think strategically about who you would need to meet in order to really understand more about the role or the industry or the path that you're pursuing. Who do you need to meet? So you might know some specific people that you know of them, but you don't know them. So you might write down a list of people that you would like to get to know that are, you know, by name, actual specific people. Perhaps you don't know anybody by name, but then you would make a list of either job titles, job descriptions, some kind of, um, you know, a list of people by, by their description. Now, if you don't even know that, then you can at least make a list of the types of industries that you're interested in and a description of the kind of person you want to meet in your own words. So even if you don't know what their job title would be, and you don't know what their names are, you ought to be able to at least identify the type of industry that you're interested in, and a, some kind of role, even if it's in your own words. Now, you can get a lot of help from uh, research on Google, on glassdoor.com, one of my favorites, and also on uh, my absolute favorite, which is LinkedIn. 
to start to look around and to understand what kinds of jobs exist, what kinds of job titles are used, what types of words are described uh, for different types of roles in different kinds of industries. So this will help you to make your list uh, for your initial networking. And this list, by the way, does not need to be long because you really just need to get, again, that one foot in the door and the rest will cascade, assuming that you, you know, of course, bring your A game and do a good job. Once you have established your network or your your list uh, to begin your networking, then the next step, step two, is to go about landing some informational interviews. Now, the best way to get an informational interview, of course, is to have a personal introduction via email from a mutual contact. And that's why I like LinkedIn so much, because you can be very surprised at you know, people that you've known from, from a prior time in life, school, or a different community who will know some people they might be willing to introduce you to. But so that's the best way. That's obviously the best way um, to get that personal introduction. It's what makes someone perhaps most likely to answer you. But if you don't have that, that's okay. You can still reach out with a short communication. It should be specific that you would like to spend really no more than about 30 minutes at the most with them uh, in an informational interview because you're interested in their industry and you're interested in their career path. Importantly, the informational interview is all about the person that you are going to meet. It is not about you. It is definitely not about you asking for a job, although you do want to be ready to talk about your own skill set. You will want to have done your homework in order to be able to describe your transferable skills, your interest in the industry, your long-term career goals, and how that fits together. You'll want to have done some work on professional branding and your elevator pitch, Uh, Some of you know that I have a lot of information on that type of thing already, both uh, in the, in the podcast, in the blog, and in my course, the industry insider, I will leave some of the links to these in, in the show notes. So please do come check that out. But remember that the informational interview is about the person that you are meeting with. It is not about you. That short communication that you send to them again, should be about them. There should be some kind of a hook that indicates that you know a bit about them, you've done some research, and that you're specifically interested in them for a specific reason, ideally a reason that's sort of complementary to them, right? So that people will be inclined to want to tell you more, uh, to want to talk about themselves. It is important to be specific as well. I get requests all the time through LinkedIn and, and email from people who say, you know, that they're interested in knowing about non-clinical careers, and they would just like to connect or they would like to collaborate, or they use some sort of like loose, uh, non-specific word like that, that I don't really know what that means. And everybody's busy. You're busy. I'm busy. We're all super busy. And I most definitely cannot connect with everyone who wants to connect. And I can't get on the phone for 30 minutes with everyone who wants to connect. That's one of the reasons I do this podcast and I write the blogs and I have the webinars and I do the courses is to try to help as many people as I can that I cannot connect with one-on-one. But having said that, there are some people that I that I do connect with, uh, and and usually that's because they have asked for something more specific than just a connection, right? That they have asked specifically to ask me um, a particular question that's really kind of focused, um, and it's of course great if if they've been introduced to me by someone that I already know. So that is the second step: get yourself some informational interviews. Again, you don't need many because. As we'll get into in step three, um, one will lead to the next. But in order to get them, really try to leverage that network that you already have. 
uh, even if it's sort of a loose um, connection from from a different time in your life or, or, you know, a different way that you know somebody and really try to be specific in your communication that you want to know about them, their career path. You're not going to take up very much of their time and that it's something, you know, that is going to help you in developing your career goals so that you're specific about that kind of help you want and absolutely do not say anything about wanting to get a job uh, at their company or with them or anything like that. If they get the sense that they're being sort of pitched to from that perspective, that is a big turnoff. That is a big red flag. I would not do that. Okay. The third part is to continue to grow your network by leveraging the person in front of you, the person that you're having a conversation with right now by asking for one to two, maybe three at the most additional people that they recommend that you might speak to. And again, be specific here that you might speak to in order to, you know, help you to transition from, you know, your, your current role into a different type of role or for you to learn a certain skill set or, um, you know, something that is much more specific than, you know, uh, do you have anyone else I could talk to, right? That's very, very general. The more specific you are, uh, the, the better results you're likely to get. Um, so you might, might want to be very specific and say, you know, is there anyone else that you would recommend that I speak to who would go from a long private practice career into an administrative career, or who would go from a long academic career into, uh, you know, a, um, into an industry career, say in pharma or something like that. So it's something that's very specific, uh, and they will likely be able to provide you with a handful of names and because you know them, they will likely be willing to provide you with that email introduction, which is why I said your initial list does not need to be that long because this is usually self-sustaining and it can grow. So assuming that you have made a good impression in that time with your informational interview and that you have learned about them, let them talk about themselves. You should now be armed with uh, some intelligent questions, right? To, to ask the next person that you meet with. And you should also be armed with a, a sort of intelligent framework for how to ask for the next set of introductions, because you'll know more about the industry from the conversation you just had, or you'll know more about that person's career path and changes from the conversation you just had. So work that language into your ask. And then of course, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for people to say they'll follow up or they'll give you some names if they give you some names and then say they'll follow up with an email introduction, you know, by all means, write those names down, but do let them facilitate the email introduction and be pleasantly persistent about a following up, you know, in, in a day or two. And then again, perhaps in a week after that, don't be discouraged by people who are not acting immediately on your behalf. Cause remember again, they're busy. And you are the only one really with your career top of mind. So as long as you are being very pleasant, very respectful, and, and you know, uh, getting back in touch in a reasonable cadence, usually you will be able to get people to follow through on these introductions. And if you reach a point where you feel you cannot, then maybe you can reach out on your own through LinkedIn or some other way and just mention that you were recommended by that mutual contact. And that will often be enough put it in the subject line. If you're sending an email, the, the common connection that referred you remember that you are uh, being specific about your learning goals, your career goals, uh, where you are now and where you hope to be, what you might need to 
develop and learn in order to do that, in order to position yourself well, um, and also very much to know about what a day in the life uh, is like in that new industry, to know if you even really do want to pursue it the way that you think you do. Remember that you are not asking for a job, although this will often be the, the end result, of course, of this type of thing is that you will have a much more solid idea about what you need to do. You will know more people and you will be uh, better able to reach out to folks when there are specific job openings. So that brings me then to the final tip. Number four, stay in touch again at a totally reasonable cadence, right? You may want to follow what these people are doing on LinkedIn so that if they publish an article, you can comment on it. You can stay in touch. Uh, but if you do see a job opening at their company, and again, this is later, not the first time, not the informational interview, but later, then you might be able to reach out directly and ask them about it. You may be able to reach out directly and ask them to put you uh, in touch, maybe even with the hiring manager so that you could have an informal conversation to learn more about you know, what that person is looking for, what that job looks like. People will do this all the time in an informal way. It's not an actual interview. It, it precedes all that. It's, it's outside of HR. And that is where these sort of personal connections come into play. So stay in touch, uh, obviously thanking the person for having had that informational interview with you, leveraging them to continue to grow your network and staying familiar enough to them so that when you do reach back out, um, it, it's a, just a quick reminder of how they know you, um, if at all. And perhaps they will be, you know, they'll feel like they know you well already so that then they will feel um, confident that they could put you directly in touch with the hiring manager. They themselves might even be that hiring manager at that point. So now you know some folks, you've got that foot in the door. Now, obviously, there's a whole lot more work to do in order to transition your sort of medical CV into a regular industry-friendly resume. Uh, and there's a lot of work to do around your transferable skills so that people will see that you can indeed do uh, the job and you're, you may be right for the role, even if you don't have specific industry experience. So that is, is not something to take lightly and it's worth doing in advance before you have an opportunity to share your CV with someone or to talk to them about your history. And then be aware uh, as we get into an industry insider that the types of questions that are often asked in business and in industry are, are um, very much competency-based, behavioral-based. They have a specific format and they want to understand a lot about your thinking, your decision-making outcomes. And so they're, uh, they are stories. So you'll want to spend some time digging into that as well. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes if you're interested in that webinar series. It's four webinars and uh, it's, it's just packed with a lot of really helpful and practical tips to take you uh, from where you are now to that new career that you want, if indeed you're thinking about pivoting. And uh, most importantly, starting off with the tips in this podcast episode for getting your foot in the door. Thanks for joining me on this episode of The Career Prescription. Be sure to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you're using to listen today, and definitely send me those questions so I can answer them and give you a shout out on a future episode. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.